Hello. You've reached Hoop and Holler, a Square One podcast on basketball and other shenanigans. Danny Green, I'm mad at Danny Green. I just want to thank everybody that's been in my corner during this time. With Reagan Griffin Jr. Reagan, you're the best, man. I'm the clamp guy. I am the Giannis Antetokounmpo Whoa. of Lion Center. Eddie Sun. Probably won't get hired by, you know, ESPN anytime soon. Because <laughs> we don't got that clutch connection. And Julio Martinez. On uh, Giannis and the Bucks, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Please clap. It comes from at underscore underscore uh, KLU2 on Twitter. Bro, the fact that you knew there were two underscores before the to at underscore underscore KLU. He knows your that, Twitter. That means I'm tweeting it too much. But at, when it boils down, like, that's what we're here for is the yeah. basketball. Good morning, Vietnam. It's is any <laughs> all right. Name that movie though. Anyone who can name that movie because I don't know the name of the movie. I, I know, just know I the reference. Movie. Name the actor. Was it like Bill Murray? I thought it was Robin Williams, but now I'm wondering if it's Bill Murray. Was that Bill Murray? Anyway, no Julio, you haven't said anything. You haven't. Yeah, I feel like Julio just has know. it in the back. You don't know. I, You're supposed to be the know. movie buff. Yeah, but I don't know. They're more like comedians. Although Robert uh, Robin Williams um, did do more uh, drama, but my favorite movie of his is Miss Mrs. Doubtfire. So. Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. To hell with Goodwill Hunting. Mrs. Doubtfire. Did you ever okay. see Goodwill Hunting? Yeah, that that no, that's true. That that's movie true. was like that's really true. good. That's that true. was really good. But okay. that's true. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. This isn't a movie discussion podcast. This is an NBA basketball podcast. Let's go ahead and jump into a, today's fold, which we're going to start with some interesting developments coming out of Team USA. Um, there is no team. <laughs> there's, like, there's like six dudes right now, I think, was the total, given like the fact that some people are playing in the finals, some people are injured, some people are in concussion protocol. Kevin Love just like dipped out for whatever reason. He wasn't really adding a whole lot anyway, but yeah, they've been losing, and now like you know they're in a really strong state of flux of not knowing which or which players are going to be playing. Um, so down bad, and as a matter of fact, that they decided to add Javale, three-time NBA champion, mind you, Javale McGee on the team. Like clap it up for Javale McGee, guys. Can we give him a round of applause? Woo. Maybe it's just hey, me. Pro- Maybe it's just me, but Props I think to JaVale, man. he's actually like gonna be good for the team. I, I don't yeah, know. I mean, like I, I when he was on the Lakers, for as much crap that anyone can talk about JaVale McGee and deservedly so, for all his antics in the past and Shaq in a fool moments, he's really, really like good in his role, which is catching lobs, blocking shots. And although he's not the, you know, he's a big guy with not the quickest feet, he doesn't look like Marcus Saul out there. And he knows how to contest shots, and he can move fairly well. And the ground that he makes up when a guard gets past him is is pretty good because he's super long and he's pretty athletic for a guy his size. So as long as you have him... Uh, around guys who can at least facilitate the ball to him, you know, in the pick and roll, which is kind of questionable on this team because they don't have a guy like Jaw who, you know, was kind of advocating a little bit. He do- who doesn't have a guy like Trey um, who was also advocating to be on the team. Chris Paul, you know, guys like that, Le- even LeBron, um, who can get him the ball? It might be questionable on the offensive end, but this is what they need on the defensive end of things and rebounding wise. So I mean, it's not horrible, but just because they're adding him doesn't mean that he's like the thirteenth best player in the U.S. Like that's how people are taking it, at least on NBA Twitter. Um, they just have to realize what the team needs at this point. So here's my question is like I'm not tuned in particularly to how that entire process go. I know you have the team and you have like the select team and like you know the young guys who kind of come up through the Team USA program and you kind of have to have connections but like how many people do we think had to say no for them to call up JaVel McGee and say you want to you want to come on board cuz that couldn't have been at the top of the list. Like really there's no way that JaVale McGee was like... I don't, I don't remember JaVale McGee even being on a select team at some point. So, 
how many people do we think had to say no before they're like, ah, fuck it? Zion, I feel like Zion had to say no. See, the thing to me is, it's not top even. Choice. It's not Javale that I wonder about that question. Is that they also added Keldon Johnson, who is mm. Spurs more of like yeah. a, we, lo- we we love nepotism. The, the 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 team nepotism. I guess not really familiar, <laughs> but um, I mean Keldon Johnson. Like to me, like. Anthony Edwards must have said no. Like Carl Anthony Towns must have said no. You know, like there must have been a lot of players. Well, Carl Carl Anthony Towns plays for Dominican Republic, so oh. I mean, all the big guys. Yeah, all the big guys in the U- <laughs> in the NBA. Jokic, no. Embiid, no. Carl Anthony Towns, no. Anthony Davis, sure, but he's he's hurt, and he's you know he's not going to participate. So it's all these dudes. And you get to Reagan and I were talking about this yesterday. It's like you get to guys like Rashawn Holmes. Not to say he's bad or anything because he's pretty good, but you get to names that are not household names at all, at all. Even a guy like Rudy Gobert, France. So it's like, yeah. I'm I'm feeling a, a non gold medal year, honestly. Oh, I'm with the way this is shaping up you. to be, like th- this feels like somebody else is going to take it home. They're they're just more organic as a team. They practice together. Um, they being the other countries, um, yeah, this this year does not feel like the year at all, which would make twenty twenty four a redeemed team year, which is always fun. So, who knows? I feel like I feel like we also need help at the guard play position. Oh yeah. In ter- in terms of like handling the rock, like Dame is great, but w- I feel like you need a guy like a guy who can really run. I guess it's not going to be you know a full fledged offense, but a guy who can. Get guys in their spots, and you know I'm trying to think like uh, I don't even know like a guy like Trey would be good because Dame is is great, but he's not a, a great facilitator. So um, it, it's kind of tough uh, not having you know or just having so many holes in this team. You know, I don't want to run this segment dry, but I do want to throw out this one last question before we push on to these NBA finals, and that is if we. You know, given that there was one more spot to be had or two more spots to be had, who are some of the names that you know you would be looking for to add onto that team if it were you in charge? Shoot, I, and I don't know what I don't know whether to be realistic or not because my like my thought always goes to Zion or you know Donovan Mitchell, but these uh, these guys must have said no, right? So I I, I don't really know. I don't really know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I thought Anthony Edwards would have been perfect because he's young. You know, you want to build That'd the future. And, and, of course, he's marketable, right? Like, people overseas will really like him. I mean, so I would have thought, like, he would be the perfect name. Um, and also, like, you don't – I don't ever like the idea of putting, like, the, the A1-tier superstars in the Olympics because they don't really care about international play that much anyways. You know, like guys like Kevin Durant. Like, they're just there to, you know, get their runs in and whatever. Um, so a guy like Anthony Edwards, who's still like 20, right? He's still trying to, I guess, break in a little bit, like get his feet wet. Um, I feel like he would really capitalize on the opportunity. But I assume he said no as well, because, again, they got Keldon Johnson on the team or whatever. Well, it's also because Anthony Edwards, he was leaving the USA practice, I think, two weeks ago, like limping very, very badly. I don't know if he got like a calf strain or whatever it was, but he was limping very, very badly to the bus. And that probably scared him off. Um, also, Paul George, but, you know, he's not going to play. Um, Paul George is done with USA basketball. Yeah, I would be yeah. if I were him. Screw that. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's a it's an equation of who are the dudes. Because what we've seen from this Team USA team, and obviously there's some, like, compatibility and chemistry issues, but also the way that the game functions and the way the game is particularly called by referees, a lot of those dudes – aren't built for that a lot of them are accustomed to the nba game in which you'll get these what they call touch fouls um and you're not getting those in fiba so if i'm looking for dudes that i want to add i'm thinking about dudes that are built to play through that sort of stuff and really just go get their buckets you know regardless and not draw fouls and not um play some of the more nuanced aspects of the nba game but like are capable and equipped to play the more physical um the more high q um the less lenient FIBA game um so I'm thinking like Ja even though he didn't want to it seemed like or you know mm-hmm. he, you know there, there was some speculation around a tweet that he uh put out that like you know if you didn't want me then don't come talking to me now but then he came back and said well that wasn't about that if it was about that I would have added them neither here nor there um I would have liked to see Darius Garland 
I see like he had a pretty good game um, when he did come up and play. I don't know why you would particularly go Keldon Johnson over Darius Garland, but you know that's neither here nor there. We'll eventually see all of these dudes at some point. I, I do want to. I do want to talk about eventually about a, a topic relating to this. Perhaps we can do it when the Olympics are being played. Um, but you know, it, it's kind of funny to me because I I find it very very ironic how. You know, we're getting killed on the boards, right? And uh, we're our team, the the USA team, is just pretty much, uh, you know, when you line them up against all these other teams, we're much more talented. We tend to be more athletic and just more capable of doing a lot of, you know, a lot more basketball movements. And so when you talk about the international game, being a little bit more traditional with more big men, more rebounding. There's a bigger emphasis on more traditional roles and positionality. But I, I don't know. I just find it weird how in the NBA we've made that transition to small ball because we've come to this revelation that, hey, small ball, quote unquote, you know, the small ball warriors are a better team, better, better kind of style of play than a tradi- having a guy like Andrew Bogut out there. And when we play these international teams, I feel like we're playing the past NBA, it, it seems like. So shouldn't our team be able to take advantage of that and be, quote-unquote, just way better than, than all these other teams? Just in style of play alone. I'm not even talking about talent. So talent plus that, should, we should be blowing these teams out by like 50 every game. So it, it's, thought. yeah, uh-huh. I, I think it's a really good thought to get into. I uh-huh. do. And I have a lot of, like, I'm already, like, my brain is churning. I have a lot of things to say on that, but we'd literally be here all day. Like, I, I guess we can't do it right now. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a very interesting point. Um, perhaps we need to return to 2008. Better, but <laughs> better write it down. And he says, yeah. never. Um, but no, let's go ahead and get to the NBA Finals, man. When we left y'all, or last time we recorded, I should say, um, it was a 2-0 series in favor of the Phoenix Suns. Now, as we return to you a week later, it is currently a 2-2 series um, with the uh, series going back to Phoenix for Game 5. Giannis continued to show his ass, um, but Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, to some extent, also decided to show up. The rest of the Bucks decided to show up to the NBA Finals, and now we have a series on our hands, so... Um, a, this is, like, really good because I'm glad it wasn't going to be a blowout. I'm glad it wasn't going to be, like, one of those series that ended up in six. And now, like, the last episode we were talking about, and I felt like there wasn't really a sense of uncertainty when it came to it. Now that level of uncertainty is definitely, like, palpable. And I suppose I should credit Eddie um, for seeing, like, it wasn't too far off, um, even though the results were what the results were. Yeah, I just yeah. want to say, like, again, home field advantage is is a huge deal i feel like in these playoffs in these finals and i mean i really thought milwaukee was gonna win you know the the two games and they didn't quite win them like i thought they would but you know uh victories are victories and um again like these two teams like i said last episode are are just really evenly matched i think and you know every any given game like just depending on how it plays out um, you know, it's all it's it's just based on matchups, you know, execution, tactical advantages, things like that. I don't think yeah. I, you definitely can't say at this point that any team looks, you know, like more dominant or just like yeah. convincingly better than 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 another team. Yeah, my my biggest point on Milwaukee is that Giannis is playing. I'm going to say it again. I, I think I said it last pod, even when they lost the game. Modern it's day a per, he's playing a perfect series. He's playing a perfect series. And yeah, modern day Shaq. You're not gonna expect Shaq to do a freaking step back in you know five seconds left in a game, or even make you know free throws at the end of a game. And when he does, it's a great, it's a pleasing, it's a pleasant surprise. That's why you always have to you have to add a Kobe, a Penny Hardaway, a Damian Lillard type dude next to these guys, and, and that's the mold of player that Giannis is. I'm going to keep like pounding this. He is not Kevin Durant. He is not Kobe Bryant. And perhaps he didn't, you know, help those perceptions because I, I think one of his favorite players ever is Kobe. 
And um, not only from a mentality aspect, from but from a game aspect, you know, he's all and he he's very compared to KD just from kind of body type being super slim, although he's stronger than KD is. Um, and he, he built uh, a little bit different than KD. No, no, I, I know, but like, <laughs> going going back a few years and same kind of same height, right? So and, and you know he started shooting jump shots a few years ago, but that's not that's not the mold at all that fans should be looking or the lens that fans should be looking at him through. Um, and man, he's just playing a perfect series. So all he needs really is one guy to come along with him every single game. And I talk about this cycle, this life cycle that Chris Middleton is always on. He played bad. It's not that he played bad or horrible the first two games, but very underwhelming and, you know, underperforming to the expectations that his team needs him to be at. And when one of he or um, Drew Holiday, when one of those guys perform well, that's all Giannis needs. That's all Giannis needs. And obviously, just like you mentioned, Eddie, that home court advantage really does help all the other role guys, role players. But it's about Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, but Chris Middleton specifically. Um, but yeah, man, it's Giannis is playing. He's easily the best player in the series. Mm. Um, I was gonna and, ask that. Like, who who do we feel like is the best player in the series? Uh, like, know, no like playing so far. Series. Yeah, it's Giannis. It's Giannis. And that's why personally, like, I didn't have a dog in the fight at the outset of who I wanted to win. But now it's like I really, really, really want Milwaukee to win having seen how well Giannis is playing and knowing the narratives that have been perpetuated about Giannis to this point in his career. He can't show up when it matters. He's not that dude. Um, Push comes to shove. When you need, you know, him to play well, he can't do it. Like, for him to come out of this series, or for him to come into the finals, the biggest series of his career, and play this well, it would have felt like an absolute Mm -hmm. waste if if they were to have gone down um, four one, four two, or something like that. So yeah. again, really glad that it's a series, and really glad that Showboy Eddie is hooping right now. Do you feel like this is something that continues, or are we going to see one of these valleys that Chris Middleton um, tends to go to? Well, I mean, the thing is, Chris Middleton dropped forty, right? I mean, he he, he dropped forty on like what 30, 30 shots. So it's not like he was you know uber efficient. Like on the other end, Devin Booker dropped forty two on like you know twenty shots, and he was just. You know that was and like seven one of the fouls. eight fouls, seven fouls, however much. <laughs> I mean that, but that was one of the best displays of of you know shot making. I think in a in like an intense playoff series I've seen in a while. Like you know, definitely very Kobe esque. Not to get too flowery with the comparisons, but you know I I'm I'm just always impressed with Chris Middleton. You know because and I tweeted this out when he misses, it's like the the best misses I've ever seen because you feel like he's never out of his comfort zone. And I think I said this on the last episode. You know he's super patient. He waits for things to set up, and you know he takes a couple, you know like really intentional dribbles to get into spots. You know rises up for the the little like midi fadeaways things like that. And you see at the end of the game like uh, in game four that that's what Milwaukee really needed. Just someone to calm the offense down, get into get into spots, you know, uh, uh, get a shot, and you know he he made those shots, and and I think that was really crucial. So, I mean, I, I would say that it's it's tough because I know Chris Middleton has really struggled on the road, you know, throughout these playoffs. But um, I guess to give my prediction away early, I do feel like home field advantage will shift at some point in these finals. And I feel like it's going to shift in game five. So mm. if that's the case, I'm assuming Chris Middleton will have another, you know, like very, very good game. So, yeah, I guess I guess, yeah. I, guess I can't say anything different. I think Chris Middleton will continue to stellar. And, and that's the thing with Chris Middleton. He has to be. I, I said this again last pod. He has to be super aggressive and demand the ball like Giannis is going to demand the ball and. You know, you're going to give it to him because he's been playing well, and you're especially going to give it to him if Chris Middleton is not demanding the ball. Chris Middleton has to say, move out my damn way. And obviously I'm not saying ignore everyone else, but you can get guys the ball through different plays, through different you know motions, movements, whatever it is, off different screens. But it, eventually it has to end up in his hands um, whether it's running a pick and roll and whatever spots he, he's most comfortable in, wants to be in, he, he just has to demand that ball and demand that from Coach Bud. 
Um, and then that, that moves me on to the next thing. I want to go back to Giannis really quick. So a lot of people, they love, or, or I'm, a lot of people label me as a Giannis hater. And I think I said this once, but it's not so much about me hating on Giannis because dude is like one of the, he just seems like one of the nicest, most genuine dudes in the NBA. It's about more, I think what it is more, it's my beef with the media crowning people that I know shouldn't be crowned as maybe the best player in basketball or, you know, just labeling dudes when I know they're not that dude. Like Giannis or labeling labeling Giannis as, you know, he, he can be Kevin Durant. And like, no, the, the dude does not have that skill set. Dude right. is not going to have to give me receipts on that, that one. Who said that? Who said that Giannis can't be Kevin Durant? I need receipts. Can't? Can. Oh, I don't know. I'll go find it. I'll send yeah, it to you. I and I'll bring it up one. next time. I, 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 I swear to God. I swear to God. But it's like ESPN <laughs> or, or like e- even with even with uh, uh, like the two MVP, like, man, I, I don't know. But th- th- that's beside the point. It's more me. It's more media driven and coach. It's on coach Bud. This is what I talked about last season. You cannot revolve your offense. You cannot be a, a one dimensional offense and revolve that one dimensional offense around a one dimensional player. Like that's just stupid, especially when you come to the playoffs. You have to be able to be. You know, we talked about this diverse and go to different spots, different players, different just just bring more diversity to your offense. And again, Giannis is just not that type of dude. But I will say this, that Giannis has, especially what you said, Reagan, when it comes to those, you know, chilling moments and like crucial moments in games, what does he do when he gets the ball? He doesn't like try to do like a step back or settle for a shot or even get off the ball. When he gets the ball, he attacks. I, I talk about this all the time. Early in games, what do you do? What are you supposed to do? Attack. When you don't know what else to do, attack. When uh, uh, even when there's three seconds on the shot clock and you have the ball at the top of the perimeter, what do you do? Attack. Whenever you don't know what to do, there's any uncertainty, you attack, attack, attack the basket. And that's exactly what he's been doing. Even if... You're quote unquote scared of the free throw line. Don't run away from that. You keep going. You keep. I, I think Eddie uh, brought up a stat one time. Uh, not not specifically, but when I I, th- I think I brought up Doc Rivers and uh, you know Ben Simmons missing all these free throws. Um, and you said Doc Rivers brought up like a stat. E- even like making one free throw every trip is a better you know efficiency rate or or you know points per game than like the average team or whatever. Um, So not running away from the free throw line really gives me confidence in Giannis that bro really doesn't care. Like he, like you cannot care in these situations and all he's doing is attacking and it's working wonderfully. So you, you have to, people have to adjust their expectations of Giannis. He's not Kobe. He's not KD. He's Shaq. And you're not going to expect Shaq to do a freaking step back. So, I mean, that, that's the simplest way I can put it. So props to Giannis for not being scared and for performing in, in the biggest moments. Yeah, I mean, Question. you... Oh, go ahead, Eddie. I was go just ahead. saying, like, Julio, like, kind of hammering this point of, you know, modern-day Shaq, I think has really gotten into my head because when I watch Giannis play now, and especially how he's played, you know, in these playoffs, I think of him now as, like, you know, he, he's basically maybe one of the best bigs almost, or, like, if not the best big, right, in basketball because of really like two or three reasons. One, right, like his incredible motor and like com- competition level. And I think when you what you see with great bigs in basketball, and I'm not saying he's like Shaq, right, but like he, he, he has the same sort of kind of play style of, you know, attacking the interior. But, you know, that, that motor, that competitiveness and that, you know, relentlessness to go uh, get contact and go to the free throw line, even though you know you know, the audience is going to chant to 10 or whatever. And, you know, maybe like you're not super confident, but just seeing him not being scared of the free throw line is, is, I mean, to me, like is one of the coolest things because I feel like a lot of players fold, but, you know, he's not one of those guys. And then two, like the defense. And I know we'll, we'll talk about the block, but, you know, like not, not a lot of players can, you know, make that sort of defensive play. And, you know, when the game matters, he does also turn it up defensively. And then lastly, of course, just, just his ability 
to, um, you know, draw defenses in in this series and, and use his size, like, outside of DeAndre Ayton. And, and even Ayton has had trouble. Like, Phoenix has had a lot of difficulty matching the, the size of Giannis and, and, you know, also Brooke Lopez and, and, you know, everyone else on the Milwaukee roster because they have so much size. But, you know, just being able to use his size functionally um, ha- has been such a weapon for Milwaukee in this series. So, again, like, I mean, Giannis is definitely by far the best player in this series. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that he's getting this sort of redemption after people gave him a lot of flack, you know, um, last season, two seasons ago for, I guess, not being that guy or whatever. So it's really good to see. You're not that guy. You're not that guy. <laughs> You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. <laughs> uh, Julio, at the beginning of the season, you had Giannis ranked number 10 on your top 10 players in the NBA heading into the 2020-2021 nice. season. Nice. Yes, you did. Is that, is that still accurate, do you feel? Um, LeBron, KD, I'm not, not in order, but LeBron, KD, Steph, Luka. Uh, do you have my list right there? Um, the way it's looking, I'm pretty sure it went LeBron, KD. I have. I'm looking at the Instagram where some of it's kind of faded out. I forget where we actually put the regular list. No, it's up. fine. LeBron, LeBron, KD, Steph, for sure. I'll probably put in Harden, uh, yeah, Luca, Luca there. yeah, Luca, and Butler above uh, Giannis. Okay, I mean, I'll, I'll put Giannis above him. That's fair. Right, you gotta, you gotta show five. me though. I mean, you gotta show me after last season, you know. And, and mind you, I did make this list saying, "Who would I rather?" These are my top ten players in a seven game series, and he has shown, you know, to be the better player than Jimmy Butler. But going off of last year and off of what we saw previously from Giannis, hell no, I'm not putting Jimmy Butler or, or Giannis above Jimmy Butler. But okay, it's that's five. giving recency biases. Is what I'm hearing right now. Sure, you got to show me. I'm just saying, y'all thought I was crazy for keeping him at five on my list, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put him. I'll put him like at. I'll put him like at six or seven. Ed. Maybe it was not. I think I forget. I, I think I, I gotta go back and listen well, to the episode. There was definitely. I'll no put him question. at seven. I think there was no question that Giannis was like a generational player, like all time talent. You know, like a superstar in the league. And I felt like, you know, after the last playoff run, like I, you know, I was a person who like agreed with Harden when when he was saying like, oh, Giannis is like not not as skilled. And you know, like I know we argued about it a lot. Like it's true, like Giannis doesn't have like the sort of intricate basketball skills, but. You know, the sort of conversation that shifted from, like, Giannis is this two-time MVP to, like, Giannis is some sort of bum and a choker. You know, like, it definitely started going too far in one direction. And, you know, again, I'm I'm just glad that... I mean, great basketball players will be great in their own way. And, you know, Giannis is not going to play like Kobe, like Julio says. But Giannis is going to play like modern-day Shaq, I suppose. You know, one of the best bigs in basketball right now. And, you know, that's still a damn valuable player. And one thing I will say about Giannis in terms of, like, the, the skill point is, like, and I, I don't want to beat this because I do want to talk about, like, what Phoenix needs to do from their standpoint to kind of make up the ground that they've lost here. Um, but on Giannis, just, like, a skill that I've picked up on, and, I mean, to an extent, I feel like, you know, if you know, the, if you watch him, you see it, but perhaps you don't exactly think about it a ton, but, like, he's not just going out there and being big. Like, it's not that cut and dry. Like, he has a real understanding of leverage, and how to utilize his strength in a way that's genuinely not not fouling people, not just bumping people down, but really attacking the rim, like Julio's saying, and not just from a back-to-the-basket Joel Embiid, Shaquille O'Neal, but, like, I can start at the perimeter, and I can conform my body at an angle that's going to push you out of my way in a, in a legal fashion, and then have great touch to finish around the rim. He, like that, there, there's had, a lot of skill in that to me. I would disagree. Uh, that I would call that skill, but he does have great body movement for, you know, he because he has insane speed. He has insane, like you said, leverage. He has insane uh, kind of like build and size, but that size doesn't get in the way of him kind of maneuvering, not like a guard, but as well as a big his size can, can move. Um, but I would still say a lot of his moves are very way predetermined in his head. I just I just 
I, 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 mean, I get that sense, and no, that, like that, and, that's, that's, that's yeah, the and, and that's honest. fair. Like, but that that's that's I'm an why, unstoppable force. Yeah, and, and that's fair. That's but that's also why I also say when I look at LeBron, like bro is not. I don't <laughs> want to beat this, but I will say this: we're not a lot of Kobe Bryant's move predetermined. No, that's off the turn. Turn bro, around, Kyrie, fadeaway wasn't predetermined. Kobe, Kyrie. Uh, uh, I'm not like trying God, to challenge God, the skill. I'm just, I'm just challenging guys you to like think that, philosophically they react about to what whatever skill you can give be. them. They react to whatever you give them. If you want to jump, okay, then I'm gonna go this way. So Kobe Bryant didn't never like have the ball here. So you think you, you think and say oh, I'm gonna okay, turn okay, around, okay, fade this motherfucker here, here, right here, now. Here, here's a good comparison. You mm-hmm. think when I'm playing you one on one, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm mapping it in my head. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a do a fake. Then I'm a jab. Then I'm gonna do a one dribble step back. Then I'm a fake. I know he's gonna jump. Then I know he's gonna catch up to me. And then I'm gonna pivot, turn around, jumper. I'm gonna do. I, I mapped First it out. Of all, in you my ain't head. never done all that playing me. Let's, yes, I let's, have. Let's be real. Yes, I have. <laughs> yes, that, I have. Is that exact sequence of of movements. Probably. No. No. No, no. You don't map it out. Speaking of which, Julio had a really good game in our first rec league. I just want to say that he's tore like what sixteen. Nah, I I think I mapped it. I I I, I kind of uh, remembered it probably like fourteen. Fourteen. I don't know. Really good game. Really good game. Solid. Solid. I almost fouled out. That was fun. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Wait, before, I do want to talk about Phoenix. Oh, go ahead, Phoenix, my I just want to get a quick gauge on the the Giannis block. Is that 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 the greatest block you guys have ever seen? Greatest no. block, whatever. No. No, How are we defining the greatest, the greatest block? Like, are you talking about just the block itself or the moment, just, just too? Every, if you're talking however, about, however you want to contextualize it. Then, no, it has to be LeBron's. This block, it might be harder than LeBron's. I, 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 would, I wouldn't you know, disagree there because Giannis is literally facing one way. He's, he's playing help defense on a screen that his guy just set. And he's like, he's realizing that, oh, shoot. Uh, I forgot who threw the lob. Booker. Chris Paul, Deep Booker. Book. Booker threw the lob, and he was like, he's looking up, and most dudes would move out the way or do a fake contest. But he realized, and he literally had to take like two quick steps and just reach. And, and I, I don't know. It, it it was definitely the level of difficulty was definitely higher than LeBron's, but just you know cleaning it off the glass in the moment. Game seven, on the guy who guards, it's, it, you know, everything all together, it, I got to give it to LeBron. Yeah. See, the thing to yeah, me is, go ahead. Like, I think if Giannis doesn't get that block, and I think, you know, Aiton dunks it, if, if, you know, Giannis isn't there, the game is tied, and it's like 40 seconds left. I guess Milwaukee could get a two-for-one, but I feel like if... If he doesn't get that block, I think Phoenix wins the game. Like, I really do. And I feel like, one, when I saw it happen, I I, I couldn't... When did LeBron get the block? That shit was like two minutes out. People forget. I will say that that's something I've always felt about the block. First of all, here's this theory that I have about that block, is that J.R. Smith really saved LeBron's legacy. Because the only reason LeBron had time... And this is not me being a LeBron hater. I just, like... Observing the little shit that happens, like on some okay, on some butterfly effect stuff. The reason why Andre Iguodala had to double clutch it is because J.R. Smith did a really good job of contesting it. It was a great block by by LeBron. Ray Ray Allen saved LeBron's legacy. I'm not even trying to do all that. I'm I'm not even trying to to do all that. I'm just saying it was a very interesting. Like when I go back and watch the play, I'm like, damn, that was a hell of a play by J.R. Smith as well. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And all I'm saying. Andre Iguodala was fucking scared of shooting free throws that whole season. Well, you, you know you know who I'm going to give credit to? Who was guarding Devin Booker in that situation? Was it Chris or Drew? I think it was Drew. Okay, whether it was Drew or Chris, whoever was guarding him. I'm going to say if he didn't put enough pressure on Devin Booker's back, he he would have, and you know, to get Giannis to be able to go back, then, you know, Devin Booker could have finished at the rim or done a, a little mid-range shot. So he saved Giannis. Giannis I'm, I'm just saying, like, people are saying, okay, game seven versus game four. But if you lose game four, it's a three, it's a 3-1 series. You know what I mean? Like, I know the game seven, like, it sounds better, but... Each game matters the same, and I think this block had a greater, you I'm know. I'm sorry, like, didn't y'all didn't that block happen after y'all blew a three-one lead though? 
pick a side, Reagan. Weren't you just talking about how unimpressive I'm, that other hey, block I'm was? not here to I'm not here to push narratives. I'm not here to pick a side one way or the I'm, other. I just saying, like in engaging eyes, in, in good I conversation. I could not like <laughs> I could not comprehend that Giannis got to that ball. Like I saw it and I was just like, there's no like there's no fucking way he got there. Like I couldn't, no, his, I his, couldn't um, believe it. Giannis definitely has a future if he wanted, and this is an over exaggeration. Oh. Football heads don't come for me. But the way he flipped his hips was like Earl Thomas esque. That was yeah. that was crazy. That was crazy. Okay, but when I'm talking about I'm okay. I'm gonna say aesthetically, but I'm not I'm not saying like level of difficulty, like oh he turned and then he reached. Like it looked dope. But as a basketball player, you know a chase down block. That just feels amazing, especially when you get it on the glass and you clean it off. Like, I mean, there, there's there's a few things. There's only Block a few things James. that feel better than that. Block so I, I have to go with LeBron's chase down. Um, I mean, I don't feel like one has to be. I, that feels just like such a charged argument that I almost don't want to have it. Cause it's like the, the there's just two very clear factions there. And it's, I mean, really it's it's, t- it's a stupid it. argument, really. I just was wondering your yeah. thoughts. Both blocks were. But they're super both individually amazing. great plays, but for what it's worth, I'm going with LeBron's block. <laughs> Let's go ahead and push it to uh, Phoenix. Let's talk about just real quick because I don't think there's a ton to get into here. Just because what's really happened, from my observation at least, is less about what Phoenix isn't doing and what Milwaukee started doing. Um, but I'm sure there are still some adjustments that Phoenix can make, um, some things that they can tweak that, that would help them this next game and throughout the rest of the series. So what are some of those things that y'all have picked up on as wa- from watching the games? I so, think the – go ahead. Go ahead, go, go ahead. Okay. So two things that you got to do. You got – and I, I feel like this speaks to kind of Eddie's mindset, and, and I'm not – all the way on Eddie's side because the the traditional argument is to try and stop the best player, and that's Giannis playing right now. Now, Eddie's kind of mentality always goes to, no, let's stop all the other guys. I'm going to let the best player eat, or at least that's how I perceive it. And, I mean, there's arguments on both sides for that. Do you want to build a wall on Giannis? Or do you want to let Giannis eat and cook not not cook because cook makes it sound like Kyrie, but just eat you know down inside, um, and put your best Can't effort. Giannis cook first of all. Go ahead. No, never mind. And, no, you and got, you because got he's not Stafford Kyrie. Of food metaphors going on right here. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> or or the other option is to put all your best efforts and best defenders and just best defensive game plan on Chris Middleton and to. To a lesser extent, Drew Holiday. Because I, I, I saw Eddie's tweet. Drew Holiday is so damn frustrating. And, I mean, we can all say he's been kind of a disappointment. But, you know, when he pops off, he pops off. So, I feel like you can do a combination of the two. And you don't have to stick to one game plan for the entirety of a game. Now, I think you can build a wall on Giannis in the, in the first quarter to not allow him to get going. And then try to mix it up, whether it's in the middle of the quarter, the next quarter, or whatever Monty Williams wants to play with. But those are the two things, Chris Middleton and Giannis. But specifically Giannis, when you build a wall, see, DeAndre Aiden seems to be like a guy who can help not stop Giannis, but kind of slow him down because of his build. I wholeheartedly disagree. I don't feel like he has the... I disagree too. But Mm -hmm. when you look at him... He's his height. He's his kind of strength, and he moves kind of well. But he's just not that guy. That's You're why you guy. need. <laughs> that's why you kind of need a wall with him, or when you want to take him off of uh, uh, of Giannis and put him on Brook Lopez and put Jay Crowder on Giannis. You cannot leave him alone on Giannis. So you that's where you have to create a wall and kind of. Uh, um, force Giannis to make those passes and not allow him to get in the paint. And especially when you're when you make Milwaukee go on the road and you're at home, if you're the Phoenix Suns, you want to let guys like uh, um, what's that white dude's name, Pat Connaughton, shoot threes. You want to let even Drew Holiday force him to shoot threes because Drew Holiday sometimes he lets that he lets it go like he's Trey or Steph sometimes, and it's like. 
bro, slow it down a little bit. Like, you're not... You're not Dame, bro. You're, you're not, not that Kyrie. Guy. <laughs> you're, that's <laughs> gonna be the title of this episode. <laughs> you're, you're not that guy. You're, you're not, not that, that guy, guy pal. Uh, so that, that, especially being on the road for the for the Milwaukee Bucks, those are the types of guys that you want shooting those shots. And I get the mentality of Eddie, like you don't want to get those guys going because eventually Giannis will get going. But to me, I have to stop the best player, and if I don't, that. I, I don't know. That's my number one objective. So if I'm building that wall, and I think they're capable of doing so, Cam Johnson, Bridges, uh, uh, Crowder, and Aiden, you have enough to, to do so. So that, that that would be my objective. To me, I, to, to an extent, it feels a bit fruitless to try to game plan for a guy like Chris Middleton because as much as he has his ebbs and flows. That's true. It's he's one of those guys where you're at the mer- like he the the best like my favorite way to talk shit playing basketball is like I don't see you. Chris Middleton does not see you. Whether or not he makes or misses the shot is on him. You force him into a tough shot, that's probably the shot he was going to take anyway just cuz he's Chris Middleton. Like he could give a fuck how you're defending him cuz the shots he's he's going to take is completely So you're on you're betting game. on him doing badly. Pretty much. So it's like, yeah. you know, you, you, okay. Chris, Chris Middleton is going to do what That's he's going to do, and there's not much you can do about it, whether or not he plays good or bad. Like, whether, like bad it, that's just – that feels like a futile effort to me. So focusing my efforts on really making Drew Holiday uncomfortable, which he's already looked pretty uncomfortable throughout the series, um, I would make sure I place an emphasis on that. I don't know if a wall is going to work on Giannis with this personnel. Like, I, like when we think about the teams that did it in the past, you had Kawhi Leonard and a lot of really good defenders. You had Bam, or, yeah, Bam Adebayo and a lot of really good defenders. I'm not sure if Phoenix is built like that to, to construct that same sort of defense. You need a particular set of personnel to really try to accomplish that sort of game plan. And you can't just, like, any five dudes that you put out there can't put up a wall on Giannis because he's that fucking good. So... I don't know if, if, if Monty Williams has the personnel to go out there and try that. Especially this late in the game. Like, I don't know how much they've, like, practiced something along those lines. But if I'm trying to put implement that now, I don't think it's going. So, yeah, I, I might look in another direction. So, I know you guys are talking about, like, how the Suns can, you know, make adjustments for Milwaukee. But I also want to mention, like, what I've seen Milwaukee do to the Suns in the last two games. And it's that if you just look at the number of threes... Um, the Suns have taken, you know, per game, it's decreased every game. And I think they only shot about like 20 in game four. Um, and then also, Julio, to your point, you're talking about like, um, I'm okay with letting the best player, you know, get his. So, I mean, what what I mean by that is if the star player or if the score is a one is like a one on one player like a Devin Booker, if you make their life tough and you shut off the faucet for the the, the remaining players, it's really hard for the single player to, to you know, play one-on-five, basically. And you saw that in Game 4 because what did Devin Booker do? He, he, he got his 42 points, right? And he could have scored a lot more, you know, if, if he didn't pick up foul trouble. And he was really efficient, but pra- practically nothing from Aiton, right? Practically nothing from, from Mikhail Bridges, from Cam Johnson. Uh, I mean, Chris Paul was just bad. But again, when you play like that, it's really hard, or if you if you let the star player just play one-on-one ball and you make life difficult for him, you know, it's really hard, again, to play one-on-five. So what Phoenix's adjustment needs to be is that when they stick really close to, you know, the shooters, to the, the Mikhail Bridges and the Jay Crowder, and they don't help from the corner, they don't help from the wing, you're going to get DeAndre Ayton in a lot of advantageous spaces. He's going to kind of be in this 12 to, like, 15-foot zone in the mid-range, and in game four, he seemed really lost or he seemed a little bit um, his thought process was going a little too fast because you kind of saw him in that spot and he wasn't sure whether he should take the mid range shot, which he can make, whether he should take one dribble, you know, go into a post move, whether he should pass it out. And he was just a little bit stuck. And I think Milwaukee's going to let DeAndre Ayton make those decisions in game five. And he just has to be better with it um, because in game four, he was just really out of his element. So I think that's the main. To me, thing. so like, so yeah. I mean, people are going to talk about like Chris Paul needs to be better. Well, you know, like no shit, he needs to be better. Like Devin Booker, obviously, like Devin Booker will score his buckets. But the key, because you know, again, if the defense is going to stick to Bridges and Crowder and make sure they don't get you know easy open threes off, the only thing open, you know, left open is DeAndre Ayton and his kind of, 
you know, space from the mid-range to the basket. And he hasn't been a player in his career that has really demonstrated like a very like cerebral game. So I think Milwaukee forcing him to have to, you know, go through his options, go through his reads basically is 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 an adjustment that I really like from Coach exactly. Carter. And I, and I wonder whether he can, you know, um, so, yeah. whether he can make those adjustments in game five. Yeah, I, I know I talked about uh, last episode when we were talking about what adjustments Milwaukee needs to, needs to make. And one of those was, for for me on my end, was to get DeAndre Aiden out of the paint and make him kind of shoot those LaMarcus Aldridge kind of shots. But I like your point because it goes even deeper than just having to shoot those shots and him out of the paint. It makes him have to read and make different decisions. Should I shoot this? Should I not? My coach wanted me to dumb down my game and just get dunks. I've become more efficient and a, like a better player. And should I take these shots? Probably not. So getting getting to that decision-making mentality, like that's a great, great point. Um, but second thing I disagree with you on, the style of play or the way that the Suns played last game and, and you know, just Devin Booker just – straight cooking everybody and dropping whatever he he however many points he dropped um that's not on the play style as much as it is on pl- very plainly like you said cp like bro is just atrocious so if you're like this best or second best player and you were going to be you know mvp of the season then bro that's on you like you you just ha- if he was a little bit better they might have won the game so I mean, to me, it's very simple. Like, you can still win with that play style. But, the, like, you saw what happened to D-Book, though. Like, he, he basically didn't even look to pass after a while. And that's because, I mean, he was, like, so hot. Like, you, you don't, right? Like, you don't even have to think about passing. But, again, like, it hijacks your offense, right? It Like, again, like, you, you just get it stuck in the mud and you only have one player cooking. It, like, I mean, it's hard to win one on five. I feel like I've, you know, said that, like, five times already. But... If you can just get a player stuck in that mode, it really it's really hard to get out of it. I will say this, and I'm, I'm, I'm by no means some basketball guru, but I think I do know a little something about just, like, making it tough on a particular opponent. And if, in this case, we're, we're treating Giannis as the guy that we need to uh, focus in on and make it really tough for him, and we're not confident in our ability to build the wall, one thing that I would do um, is I would take a guy, probably Jay Crowder, and it's just like, we know that he's probably just going to, you know, get his. But you really have to make him earn, especially because this is a guy that doesn't play a ton of minutes in the regular season. Um, Coach Bud obviously has this thing about the amount of minutes that Giannis he wants to play. I don't know if there's really a whole lot of credence to how much, or this thing about like whether or not he really has that much stamina. I don't know if you can really sit up here and say that he doesn't have stamina to go like 45 minutes hard. Um but whatever the case may be, he is coming off this thing with his leg as well. I am making you earn every inch of that court that you want if I'm Monty Williams. And I'm sticking Jay Crowder on you just because that's the dude that probably has the most physicality to make that happen. And what I mean by that is, like, every inch of position. Like, there's a rebound. I'm not letting you take off. And I'm guarding you full court. If you're not just going to, like, I'm not going to let you get to the three-point line and then try to post me up from there, you're going to have to post me up from half court. And you're going to have to earn that whole court on me. And you probably still will get it because you're that much of a physical freak. But that's the sort of thing that wears you out over the course of the game. Sometimes the best thing you can do is exhaust somebody because you really can't stop them. That's a yeah. very like crude way of playing like you know, scheming uh, defense. Yeah, but it's really all that you can do, if you ask me. I would say... Yes, I agree with that, uh, but then you have to be okay with not performing on the offensive end. Because oh, that Jay Crowder's defender, just going to shoot anyway. That defender will be equally, if not more, more oh, tired yeah. than, than Giannis. Um, but on, on top of that, you have to add the wall or just some semblance of so much help defense. Oh, yeah, it's got to be a wall. And I mean, yeah. I think that, Phoenix has been doing it, but we have to give Giannis credit too. He's gotten a lot better at reacting before you know the wall yeah. collapses and really yes. traps him like he's been making those 100%. kickout passes much better than he was last year and, in two seasons yeah. and, and the next credit to the last for making these shots too because they weren't uh-huh, doing yeah, that that's true yeah the last thing i wanted to say was um reagan brought up a good point about phoenix not having the perfect personnel for this 
Because when you think about it, Jay Crowder is now the main kind of defender on Giannis when Jay Crowder on last year's team was kind of like supplementary an adage, yeah, yeah. An, a, an addition to like kind of like a, a secondary brick to that mm-hmm. wall. He wasn't the foundation. Now he's a foundation. Like Bam Adebayo was a foundation. Kawhi Leonard was a foundation. Right. And then you added guys like Pascal. Uh, uh, what's the other dude's Lee. name? Um, Ibaka Fred on the Lee. Raptors. Oh, Ibaka, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ibaka Gasol and uh, the other dude, the other wing. Uh, Danny Green. They didn't have like OG fa- like that, right? They oh, they weren't using OG like that at the time. Yeah, I feel like they were not as, as a role player a little bit. But, I mean, my point is, now he's not the kind of additive. He's the foundation. Mm-hmm. So that that's a, that's a good point that they don't have the perfect personnel, but you got to do what you got to do. Uh, so, yeah, I'm curious to see how that's going to look. And Chris Paul just looked kind of just off. Like, he never has that many turnovers. I think that hand he, is bothering him, that, that hand injury. Do you think it has anything to do with COVID or no? About him being tired? I wouldn't think so. I mean, you you never know with these things. But, I mean, he said, like, he got, like, torn ligaments in his hands and stuff. Like, I can't imagine trying to dribble the ball with, you know, hand injuries. Yeah. 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 But, hey, I don't know. I'm excited to see these games. No doubt, no doubt. All right, y'all, before we get out of here, Eddie, I know you have to run pretty soon. Feel free to, like, just dip out if you need to. I don't want your sister stranded at the airport. But I know we did want to address this Damian Lillard saga that's continuing. Um, there were reports floating around that he was going to be requesting a trade pretty soon. Um, he's kind of since refuted these reports, saying that he hasn't made any decisions on his future yet. Um, not necessarily saying that these things aren't true. Um, but not necessarily seeing that they are. Um, so, hypothetically, indulge me on this. If he were to be demanding a trade, where, I mean, just what what team would we want to see him end up on, or what are a couple of teams? Can that we, we each can we each give one team? I feel like Eddie's and mine are the same, but I will give it to Eddie, and I can come up with a different team. Yeah. So my, the team I want him on that I know would be a good fit, chemistry wise, team building wise. Um, and for me personally, a preference of mine is for him to still go to a big market because even though I know he'd be a great addition to Milwaukee is exactly what I think Giannis needs. Um, I don't want him to go to Milwaukee. Why? I want him to go to, what I is want this? him to like, go. Why no, I mean, it's just not preference. like big markets. Like why? No, it's just why? a preference. We watch the same basketball. It's on the fucking Why do you TV? like the Lakers? Why huh? do you like the Lakers? Cause my dad liked the Lakers. Why did so he like the you Lakers? don't like the Lakers. Your dad likes the Lakers. I mean, that's how these things go, isn't it? Like, I mean, <laughs> hey, you again? You just like us because we win championships for you. So we should de- we should we should just hang Laker banners up in, in I don't even know your FedEx Arena. Is that what it is? FedEx Forum. Forum. Oh, it's the oh, forum. Oh. It's and forum. we got the most famous forum. So yeah, I, I don't even hear you. And the Clippers so, want to buy it. Wh- yeah, where, uh, yeah. Bomber finna buy cause it because they ain't got nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. So where? Where he need, where I really want him to, where I really want him to go, is Miami. Mm. That is a that that's like my top spot. And yeah, there, there's other team. There's another team specifically where I would lo- also love to see him go. And I don't want to mention it because maybe Eddie might mention it. But Miami is definitely my top top choice. I think he's the perfect. He's still he's going to be the number one guy, like in terms of offense and, and maybe not leadership, but. Um, just just being the face of the franchise, number one guy on the offensive end, um, the guy that people are going to look to. And for him, I feel like it's important for him to still challenge himself in a way where he doesn't go and join the Brooklyn Nets, mm-hmm. even join the Lakers, even join you know one of these teams where it's like, oh, you're going to win. Yeah, you're going to win. So I, I feel like that's still important to him. And all those things align along with Pat Riley's summer system where, you, you know, you have to work insanely hard. It's, uh, uh, I don't know what y'all call your little grind city in Memphis, but it's in Miami, bro. It's in Miami. Right, that, ain't, so, that ain't shit to do with the conversation. You just bring the it only about thing, your ass now. The, the only Angry. thing is that Bam Adebayo might have to and would most definitely have to be traded. Oh, but no. I feel like you could get Dame and keep Bam if you're Miami. I don't think so, but you'd have to give if a lot that's of the case, 
that's the dream scenario. But if that, uh, um, but yeah, I, I that's where I really want to see him go. So I mean, I guess Reagan, since you gave it to me, I guess I have to say <laughs> the Warriors. Even though yes, the, I mean, there's a lot oh. of teams. There, there's a lot of teams. I, I you know I would love to see him on, particularly in the Eastern Conference. But you know, if the tra- if the Splash Brothers becomes the, the Splash Triumvirate, I got no problem with it. That um, don't sound right. The you don't like it, Splash Triumvirate. <laughs> Why, why why can't they just still be brothers? I mean they like, can, but it, but it feels like <laughs> it feels like Steph and Clay has a monopoly on on you know the splash. They're not the splash twins. I suppose. Also, I think I mean I think Dame is out because when you have four years left on your contract and you say that you don't have a decision made, I mean the 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 decision in the contract you got four years of guaranteed yeah. money and you know position in Portland. So if you aren't final even with a long-term contract in place you're out of there we, we've seen this with star players before like th- there's just no way this ends any different in my eyes and yeah and i i think dame is one of those dudes who's very upfront and will say like what he means and it's not that he doesn't care about what other people think but he, he's just gonna say it so i think he's pretty upset that you know th- th- there's a report that came out yesterday that said or maybe this morning uh, I think yeah, I think it was yesterday um, that Damian Lillard will request a trade in the coming days, and maybe that didn't come from him, but he's definitely feeling that, and he can come out rightly and say, "No, I'm gonna be a Portland Trailblazer." Like I don't know where you guys are getting this from, you guys. And, but he's not being that definitive. But he 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 wants to be on his own timeline when he says it, and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, he he's gonna ask for a trade. It's just that I think he feels some guilt towards the fans and towards even Chauncey Billups because he doesn't want to feel like that type of dude where, hey, I'm a bounce when we get, you know, a new coach in Chauncey Billups and I'm a I'm a leave my teammates in the dust. But you gotta do what you gotta do. And here's the thing, man. Damn, Eddie. You're not gonna I'm sorry. I, I said I I think I said it like maybe like three years three years ago. You're not gonna win. It's easy. It's easy. Accept it. Accept it. You're not going to win in Portland. Leave Portland now. You're going to waste your time. And you can say all these beautiful things. Hey, I want to be committed. I'm going to be loyal. It's in my blood. Blah, 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 blah. It's going to get to you. Unless you for sure do not care and do not want to win a championship. If you do not want to win a championship, by all means, you're correct. But if you do, if any part of you does, you're going to end up leaving because you can't win there. It's very simple. It's, it's it, like it goes with so many of these dudes. Zach Levine, Bradley Beal. You're not going to want to stick there. You're not going to win. Accept it and bounce. Accept it and bounce. Eddie, why do you want to see Damian Lillard in a Golden State Warriors uniform other than the fact that that's your squad? Because it'd be the most fun basketball in, you know, or the most fun sports show since the 73-win team. Point blank period. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Reagan, are you gonna mention a team, or was that your team? I mean, I I still have a team to mention. That would probably be my number one preference, but I did want to give that to Eddie. Um, What's the squad? Is your second team in the East? It's between two teams. One's in the East, one's in the West. I probably lean towards the one in the East because the one in the West is not a team that I particularly am a fan of. I just think it'd be a nice fit. Is it Um, Philly? Yeah, it's Philly. Yeah, Yeah, it's Philly. It's Philly. That was my second one. I think that would be a real nice, like, you know, obviously the Ben Simmons thing isn't working. Um, Joel Embiid is a dude who I feel like, I mean, he's put himself in a position to where at least I feel more comfortable about, you know, saying this guy deserves a shot to go and get it. And the fact that his team is hurting him like this is not fair to him um, because he's going out there and putting everything on the line. And he needs a guard that can he can play off of. Um, obviously, Ben Simmons is not that guy. He's not that guy. So you need Damian Lillard. And now that you got that one-two punch of a big I, and a guard, like that's probably the be- the best one-two punch of a big and a guard that we've seen since. Damn. Well, you consider LeBron. You consider Bron an AD. I mean, Bron a guard. So, I mean, Bron an AD. Bron is Bron. Like I, I don't even want to pigeon. He like, is Bron. He's Bron. Bron is Bron. Okay. If I had to, if I had to say, I would consider him more of a guard than a wing at this stage in his career. But Bron is Bron. I would like between Damian Lillard I, and Joel Embiid, that is the best big guard 
true big and true guard combo since Shaq and Kobe. Well, I'm gonna need you to run. I'm gonna need you to run me Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thybulle. Cool. And uh, Damian Lillard is a dude that I will send the house said, for. Like Damian Lillard is one of this okay, like, superstars. Okay. No, I, 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 I just like, wanted to make sure. Whatever the I case make is sure. for Damian Lillard, this trade had better be a substantially more than what the Rockets got for Harden. That was a very bad like precedent to set about what a superstar is worth. Like Damian Lillard is a dude that demands the house wherever he goes. That's multiple first round picks. That's a young up and coming star, potential future All Star, role players. He demands the house. That's dude shifting the entire scope of your franchise. So, so yeah, I know. I, I just want to make sure because I totally agree. I, I just didn't want you to be like Tyrese Maxey. Shit, God damn, it's my young player. It's my young PG for the future. Man, get, get I'll drive you. To, I'll drive you. I'll drive you across country I, if I have to. I'll walk you there. I'll. I don't give a damn, bro. Like, <laughs> you're out. You're out as soon as possible. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. Yep. I don't know if it's like that. Like, I, I would probably buy plane tickets. Let me know. <laughs> but, you know, that's how it is with you. Um, and so, um, I, I, it's too late to introduce a new topic. But, and oh, I've teased it before, but I, I don't even know. No, we'll save it for another episode. And a cliffhanger to end this episode. Thank you for that, Julio. Thank you all so, so much for tuning in. As always, um, much appreciated. Go follow the Twitters, at Pod. Go follow our personal Twitters, all that, yada, yada, yada. If you're listening at the end of the episode, which I don't even know if y'all do or not, but if you are, thank you kindly. Very much appreciated. And we will see y'all next time. Eddie, go get your sister from the airport. This has been the Hoop and Holler podcast.